Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to another edition of Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Here we are again. It's that time. Insane in the Membrane. Coming at you. Um, I hope you're well, uh, as I always say. You know what? It should be a given by now. I hope you're all well. This is why we do this, because I want you all to be well. Um, it's been all right at my end, doing all right, getting stuck in, getting things done, you know, not letting the black dog get in there too much. You know, like sometimes the clouds will, you know, descend and squash us into the duvet, but we do our best to brush them aside and just get, get on with things, don't we? Um, uh, my guest this week is uh, Robin Hatcher. Now, Robin Hatcher is part of the uh, the Noise Next Door, the, the comedy troupe, uh, the improv troupe. They're good lads. I've known them for a few years now. Robin uh, joined the boys a couple of years ago now. Um, uh, Orange, I think it's Orange. I think it's Orange. Orange Noise. Because they used to go, used to be thinking they used to wear different colour tyres so you could differentiate between who was who, like sort of like they're like Power Rangers. Um, so yeah, so and Robin's part of that. Robin's, it's a, they're a really good bunch of lads, and we really have a lot of fun when we work together. They're really, it's really cool. Um, and Robin came on. He messaged me a little while ago to do a, a, a gig uh, for the for the MS Society because uh, Robin. Unfortunately, I've been diagnosed with uh, uh, multiple sclerosis, and so, and I was, firstly, I was shocked because you know, somebody that I knew, I didn't, I've never, never been around someone that's been diagnosed with something like that before, so it was quite a shock. And then I was like, Do you know what? Come on the podcast and talk about it, because I'll learn something, and people listening will learn something. Um, and we're also we're going to put a link up to uh, the MS Society. Uh, in all the promo stuff for this so if anybody's got any questions or they need to speak to somebody the link will be there just click on that that'll take you where you need to go um and it was a really it was a really lovely informative chat you know he's not he's not letting it get to him he's a very positive dude anyway every time i've worked with him i've been around him he's just full of life and you know so here is robin hatcher i had a meeting the other day about a corporate thing we're doing through zoom and uh <laughs> about halfway through, I realised, oh shit, I am like in. I've got a top on, but I am just wearing my pants underneath that. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I knew because I, I always get dressed. I have a shower, get dressed, and things like that. And then I saw time was getting on, and Jade was doing something on the on the laptop. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just leave it for now. I'll just leave. It. But I'm like, no, no, no. Go and go and have a shower. Go and get yeah. dressed. 
So I did. And now and it does, it makes you feel better. It makes you feel like you, it comes out in your voice. You can hear yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. It's starting the day, isn't it? It's like when you see, I don't know if you see many like online gigs or, you know, all of those sorts of things, but I've started, we've started trying to stand up when we do them. Cause oh, if you're like yeah, sitting yeah. like slouched on a sofa, we, I just find I'm so much lazier. Cause I'm like, no, this is uh this is just me chatting <laughs> to the boys. There's no, you know, no audience here, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I always do it sat at my desk. So at least I'm sure. I'm, at least I'm, I'm in the office space. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one needs to see me stood up, though. That's. I'm not, I'm not very tall, so it doesn't look like I'm standing up anyway. <laughs> you can start doing the Ola thing of like taking a stool on with you. That's like. That's, he, oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Rocks that. <laughs> Just dragging it nonchalantly on behind me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I did a gig the other day and I jokingly said that, yes, I am wearing a hat, but I am naked from the waist down. And I. <laughs> And there was a there was these two women, and they looked at each other, and rolled their eyes, and I and I ended up standing on my stool, going, "I'm joking, I'm joking. Look, I've got my trousers on." <laughs> yeah, this is where my dick should be, and you can't yeah, see yeah. it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but give me your mobile numbers, and I'll. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you Slide. been doing many sort of like online bits, Rich? I do you know what I avoided them for a bit, but now I'm kind of getting my head around them. I feel yeah. I don't I don't wait for any laughter. I just kind of just talk. Yeah, and and then and people will message back and go, oh, I enjoyed that, and you go, oh, okay, cool. Uh, you know, I think I think you got to sort of aim for interesting rather than piss funny. Absolutely, and like the that sort of feedback of people like sending you a message just goes such a long way, doesn't it? Because you haven't oh, got a gotcha. clue how it's been. No. Um. Yeah. 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 I just tell. I just yeah. It's been doing similar material, but just as a story. So, which has been really nice, actually, just because you can add bits in that you don't normally add, because normally you're kind of rushing to get to the punchline, yeah. trying to keep it sharp and snappy. But I treat it like I'm, like, like I was reading a, a, a story to the kids, you know, like kind of trying to keep it interesting and like make sure your voice goes up and down in the right sort of places. And, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, Good characters, things like that. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, I've actually, I'm actually starting to enjoy them, which is nice. Yeah. No, that is yeah. good. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different skill set, isn't it? For sure. Like we, yeah. for ages, we sort of, we did a few sort of like actual gigs. We've done a couple, um, but we sort of developed sort of more like a chat show format. So on, we're doing like a, a live stream once a week, which yeah. has actually been really fun because it means that we've been trying stuff out, which would we'd never dream of putting on stage. Because <laughs> no. we'd be like, like when you're having the meeting, you're like, is this a bit shit? Like if the answer <laughs> to that question is maybe, then it can go in the live stream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do tend to be able to get away with a bit more. I mean, yeah. Are you, are we, hang on, we're, we're actually, we're, we're getting aware of ourselves, Robin. We should save oh, sorry, all mate. this. Save <laughs> this is good gold. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was recording it all. I was just going to say, Yay! Um, this is going out on the 30th of July. So, of course, all the comedy clubs will be back open then. And uh, so yeah. let's not date, yeah, date the conversation too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn me off then. Well done, producer Cheers, Paul. Paul. Cheers. He's a good lad. He's, he's very good at what he does. And I'm very pleased that he recorded that. That was excellent. Um, oh, I thought, yeah, that's the thing. There's no big introduction. There's no, I say yeah. this to everybody. There's no kind of welcome to the, it's like, do we just get on with it? Because as you know, once you, pre, you, like, once you press record and do the big intro, people kind of change. And then yeah, come, absolutely. You, you, you go into gig mode and, and that's fine, but I quite like to just kind of ease into it. And then it, you know, just nice and easy. And then we just, it, the words seem to tumble out a bit more. Yeah, than, no, totally. Yeah, do you know what I mean. Rather different, than, different style in it. It's difficult for comics to to yeah. do that sort of like we're chatting about. It, it, this isn't me on stage being like Robin the performer. This is me as like just the guy that I actually am. So yeah. it's a uh, it's a weird. That's a weird sensation, certainly. So yeah, I, I know mm. what you mean. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I and it's 
like you know we're mates so it's nice to have a to have like a mate chat rather than yeah absolutely all like two performers performing at each other yeah um, uh yeah and also like people talk about the someone said to me the other day about this podcast they go well it's not really about mental health i'm like well it is if you listen to it it's actually there's no point in us sitting here going talking about actual mental health but what what we do is just t- it's people telling their stories and how they overcome certain things or how they de- how they deal with stuff in their life and and that i think is more is more helpful than just sitting there listing a load of you know i totally of, agree man totally agree. Going, yeah yeah you know going it's over not stuff a therapy session is it yeah it's not a therapy session it's a different different vibe and like as as people know like you know men are worse at chatting in sort of therapy yes. scenarios uh that, and that's because that's just not something that that's traditionally been something that we do but going down the pub and having a chat with your friends is always it's like you know tale of old, as old as time really isn't it like yeah. that's the way that that people men and women deal with mental health issues in a on like a day-to-day basis i guess yeah so. true and it's funny you don't realize how important those things are until they're taken away you know we've not yeah. been able to go out for ages and just little things like, you know, oh, I'm going to be in town. Oh, good, I'm in town. Let's meet up. You know, go and have yeah. a coffee or whatever. Just those simple things. You don't yeah. realize. You don't realize how fucking important they are. Mate, you know, I've missed it through this. Yeah, through this lockdown, it's just been like it's it, obviously it's getting better now. Like it was, we're starting to ease out of it, and you know mm. things are starting to open. And we like when they announced that you could go to the park and like see your mates. Like even when it was just one other person from another house. So I uh, recently I've been living alone, and so for the first like first 10 weeks of lockdown i didn't see a single human apart from like in the supermarket Mm. and you don't you don't realize it because you just you just get on with it like you just like you know all right whatever i'll get some i'll get some writing stuff done i'll you know buy some paintings i'll I'll do a you know i'll do a jigsaw (laughs) puzzle all of that stuff make like a hundred fucking banana breads just for me (laughs) Uh, and then you don't realize until you know 10 weeks have gone by and you're seeing somebody for the first time you think oh this is literally the first mate i've seen in the flesh Mm. um for all that time so yeah yeah it was a weird weird time (laughs) i do you know what because like just before the lockdown jade and i were really struggling together we were really like we were going to couples counseling and we still are but it was just one of those, you know, you, you get to that point in a relationship where you, it gets a little bit tense and it, it, yeah. your every utterance seems to just piss the other person off. And we were genuinely like, do you know what? We might just fuck this off. And it and I started to think about, I was like, do you know what? Maybe that's what I need to do. Just get somewhere on my own, have my own stuff around, live on my own for a bit, get my head together, blah, 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 blah. And then it, but then now as a lockdown, when after the lockdown, I'm like, fuck, I'm really glad that I wasn't on my own. I don't know. I, it would have been fine to begin with, but I think I would have gone off the rails a little bit. I don't know if that was the same with you. Well, yeah, to, to start with, I was like, yeah. this is fucking brilliant. I was just waking <laughs> up wherever I wanted, like 6 yeah. p.m. would come around. I'd be like, well, now I'm definitely having a beer. Like you just yeah, stroll yeah, around yeah. the house in your pants, do whatever you want. But then, yeah, after a while, you start thinking like, oh God, I just want to do something normal. So I got yeah. really into exercising. Like that was like, I've always been like relatively active, but never mm. like, I've never enjoyed it. Like it's always been something I'm like, oh, fucking, all right, I better do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I got really into it because I was like, this is the only thing that I structure my day around. So it stopped being about like, oh, I'm seeing, you know, my buddy Ed later on today. And it started to be cool at this time, I'm going to go for a run. And then that was it. Mm. Um, and yeah, so by the end, I was going out of my mind. Um, but yeah, like you said, you, it's one of those things that like it, it, everyone was in it together. It didn't feel like it was just me. So yeah. you can get on the phone and you can speak to your mates who maybe you've not spoke to for quite a while and be like, oh, I wonder what he's up to or I wonder what she's doing. And it didn't feel 
like weird like you were intruding on their everyday life it just felt mm. like oh cool robin who i've not seen in five years or whatever has given me a buzz let's have a chat and i quite enjoyed yeah. that side of it i suppose um but yeah how have you, how have you found like everything easing because i found that pretty much as bad i like because i'm constantly like oh shit should i be doing this like i really want to do these things but like should i be or am i making it worse am i part of the problem i don't want to be part of the problem and that's just been a bloody nightmare <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes and i it started because i was pretty zen about everything that had gone on i think i've said this before on a few other a few other episodes i, I felt because you know i'd been working really hard for 15 years and in the last sort of five i'd reinvented myself really got stuck in people started to take me seriously as a comedian and yeah and i was like it was really you know it's really going places i'm like oh, wow, brilliant like soho theater was about to happen stuff was going on I was like, oh it's exciting and then within 20 minutes it had all gone and yeah you're like oh fuck and i, I like i said i was pretty zen about it at the beginning i was like well this is how it is it's not just me the whole world is in crisis let's 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 figure this out let's keep calm and I was, it was really nice. Like you say, you're reaching out to people, people reaching out to me. We were all chatting. I was talking to people I've not spoken to in like 10 years. Everyone was, I spoke to my ex-wife. We were just chatting and it was all nice. And then now it's starting to ease up and we're going back out. And now, I'm, now it makes, I'm like, oh, now it kind of shines a light on the fact that all of our work got taken away. And oh, shit. Yeah. Now it's been I'm, bad the last, feeling, yeah. yeah, that particular side of it's been like much worse, I think, for like the last couple of weeks, isn't it? Like, because, yeah. you know, as things start going back and like, you know, like my mates who work in normal jobs can slowly start easing their way back into work. You realize that actually we are going to be like the very last people who get our mm. anything like our normal life back. And that's, that's a weird, a weird yeah. feeling. Um, and like, it's, it's, it's kind of weird talking to your mates about it because, you know, I've got friends who've been back at work or a lot of mates who are teachers. And so they've been pretty much working the whole time. Yeah. And, they're sort of like, oh, it must be nice though. You know, you've got a six month holiday. And you're like, well, yeah, but also <laughs> this could potentially be a five year holiday. So how about you yeah. shut the fuck up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I can't get any, I can't pay my rent. You know, it's yeah, that, exactly. You know, that's, it's, yeah, we, we've we been, there's been bits and pieces money wise here and there, but you kind of, oh, fuck, yeah, it's a weird one. It's especially, I'm 48, so I, I, I genuinely am unemployable. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. But, you know, but what, what I, but you know, you look at the stories and you look at what's gone on, and then you kind of, I remind myself, I'm like, well, do you know what? It could have been a whole lot worse. I've been really lucky. I haven't lost anybody to the virus. I yeah, know yeah, people that have, and I know people that have family members have been really ill. So you kind of go, you know, do you know what? It, it's one of those things, you know. It's- that's it, man. That, that it could have been worse. That's, yeah. I, I'd say that's like my, my lifelong mantra pretty much. Like whenever something goes a bit Pete Tong, like I, I, yeah. that's generally like, oh, it could be worse. It could be this. It could be that. And I'm yet to find a situation where I can't apply that logic to it or I can't go, oh, I could like, you know, I've never reached a point where it's like, well, no, this is literally as bad as it could possibly be. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing. You're... Yes, that's a that is an incredible mindset to have, and especially bearing in mind what you what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, you've had some in, some horrible news. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. It was it was it's been a it's been a bad few months. So um, yeah, obviously you know, but obviously so, I got diagnosed yeah, well, yeah, with yeah, yeah. Um, I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis back in November, um, right. which and then like it was it it's been a tough it has been a tough six months in that sense because I got yeah. diagnosed in November and then about two weeks after my diagnosis I had I also happened to have a hernia operation booked in oh, so wow. just completely by chance you know nothing to do with it at all yeah. uh, and I so then I had that fixed and I was in bed for two weeks and so what that meant is that I got diagnosed and then 
immediately stop living my life. Uh, so I couldn't do any, I couldn't visit, phys- I couldn't work. I couldn't see like, obviously I'm with the noise next door. Um, and mm. so we're a group and we do everything together and you very, very quickly, they become your, they're my support network. I see them mm. most days. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't do any of that stuff. So I was just lying in bed thinking, well, cool. I've just had this diagnosis. I can't mm. do anything. Uh, and then, you know, then it was Christmas and then we did a few gigs in sort of like the early part of the year and then Corona happened and I was locked down mm. again. So like that process has been a bit, a bit odd. Um, but one of the good things to come out of the lockdown is that like, it's given me some time to come to terms with the MS diagnosis and like how I want, how I want it to be like a, as a person with MS, like that's going to be me forever now. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I need to learn how to live with it rather than letting it rule my life. It's, I'm just not gonna let that happen. So having right. this three three month period of time where despite all the other stresses, I could just focus on that was actually kind of useful. Yeah, you must have really gone through every single emotion in that time. It must have been, what? how did you, How what was happening? Did you know there was something going on or did you just feel, because I, I know the basics about MS, you yeah. know, f- fatigue and things like that, but what was happening? How did, where, you know, Tell, well, tell so us. yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, listen, if I get boring, I'm like an <laughs> I'm like no, an no, encyclopedia. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, you just, you just. This is your space. Off you all go. right, mate. Yeah. So, uh, well, basically, yeah. So I, uh, where to start? So about a year ago, so uh, maybe just over, sort of like beginning part of 2019, I was in Barcelona with uh, with the Noise Boys and also with Laura Lex and um, Rob Deering was there as well. We were doing with like Lovely. they were doing some gigs out there and we just tagged along the noise just tagged along mm. for a little holiday so we were out there having a lovely time and then sort of out of nowhere i got this thing which i now know to be called the ms hug um which is like a tightening around your your midsection mm. uh, and i was like oh that's weird it feels like i can't you know can't breathe properly but i don't know don't know what that is and then it went mm. and i was like oh it's probably just a muscle or something like that um and then about a month later i started to get uh, in my left leg just a feeling as if somebody was pouring warm water from sort of oh, like wow. about halfway down my thigh all the way to my foot um because the fatigue whilst i do get that i've always been a really tired sleepy person i love sleeping mm. i love napping and so <laughs> that uh, that was like hey cool this is i'm just a bit tired than normal um so i went to doctor about that and uh, i had some mris and stuff and i had MS is characterized, there's a few types of MS, but my type of MS is called relapsing remitting and it's characterized by attacks. And basically what happens is the way that they sort of describe it is um, if you imagine a a wire and you imagine the uh, like the plastic sheath that's on a wire Mm. slowly gets stripped away until the copper is just left inside. That's basically what happens to your nerves. So your immune system attacks your nerves, strips away the outer sheath, which is called myelin. And then and then that's why people sort of suffer with like, you know, walking difficulties and right. um, things like that. So I was very lucky because the symptoms you get are dictated by where that attack happens on your spine or in your brain. Um, and so like, there's sort of like 30 different symptoms you can get with MS, but um, mm. I only get at the moment a couple. Um, and I was very lucky that what the first one I got was incredibly obvious because a lot of people get sort of very, very subtle um, symptoms when they first get it. And that means it's really hard to, notice you don't go to the doctors mm. if you if you're like oh do you know what my um my ankle feels a bit weird if it feels a bit weak or it feels a bit slow you could just be mm. like oh well i've pulled it playing football or i've you know fallen over or whatever it might be um so i was very lucky so i went to doctors and yeah had a few mris and they found my first lesion and then they were like it could be a lot of people get this uh, if you're recovering from an infection then uh, you get one lesion it's just it's called a clinically isolated incident mm. um and it basically could just be that happens once and loads of people have it 
So they were like, if you get anything else, anything new, come back to mm. us and we'll have another little look. I think that they sort of expected to palm that off for some time because yeah. most people that would be years. Um, but for me, it was two weeks. So two weeks later, I went back with new symptoms and they put me through another MRI and then I got diagnosed. Um, after they have to like, there's like a board they have to talk to because they can't just uh, issue the diagnosis. They have to take it oh, through really? a board of specialists and all that sort of stuff. So it took a few months to get diagnosed once they found the second lesion. But mm. um, yeah, that was, and then that was in November and uh, yeah, that was it really. Wow. Uh, and what yeah. did you, how did you feel? Because you, because obviously you knew something was, well, you, you knew something was up, but you weren't sure. And how yeah. did you feel when they told you? Well, it's another one of those ones that, um, like I said, when you think oh, it could always be worse, um, I, a few, a few fun things happened. So basically like my, uh, my neurologist called me actually. So normally they would call you in for a meeting, but I am really glad he didn't. I'm glad he, he called me because it meant that I could start my treatment really, really quickly. So I've been mm. put on treatment immediately. Um, whereas it would have been six months before I could get a neurology appointment, but it's 10 minutes to make a phone call. Um, so he, he called me and, uh, a few, a few things happened. Like the first thing is, uh, he, <laughs> he went, um, he told me I had MS and like that sort of knocked the wind out of me a little bit. And then he was like, um, I just want you to, and he was like, I, this is going to sound a bit weird, but I want you to know that, um, that this is actually a really good time to have MS. And I said, mm -hmm. uh, doctor, <laughs> you, you do realize that that sounds fucking insane. <laughs> and he was like, Oh no. Uh, but yeah, he was like, well, what I mean is, and then he sort of explained that, you know, like scientifically we're a long way further forward and all this stuff. Yeah. So he told me that. And then, Oh yeah. The other thing I was sort of thinking about, like, could it be worse basically? And he, mm. he said on that phone call, he was like, this phone call was either going to be me telling you, you have MS or me telling you, you have spinal cancer. And oh, when you hear yeah. it in that way, you're like, cool, I yeah. got the better <laughs> yeah. option. Do you know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. Right. Um, and it's been a, it's been a process because I've always been very fortunate in my health. I've never had any problems. I'm, you know, mm. pretty healthy guy, apart from the fact that I now always will have this. Um, yeah. Well, I say every time I've seen you, you're always running around, you're always full of energy. Even on stage, <laughs> you're like, you're just like this really, this, this puppy just running around, just eager, just like, yeah, yeah, let's do some stuff. And you're like, whoa. So when you told me that this is, you've been diagnosed with that, I was, I was genuinely like, fuck, man. You yeah. know, it, it just goes to show that, yeah, you can look after yourself to a certain extent, but there are just some things that you just can't, you can't predict, you can't plan for. And man, yeah. you know, how did you feel when you, when you, when you, after the phone call? Um, <clears throat> so I was... Uh, so I was, I was actually at, back at my, at my family, at my nan's house for, uh, just a little bit of work. I work, my brothers, I've got like hundreds of siblings and, uh, my, my younger brother, Zach is in year 11 at the school that I went to. Mm. Um, and so I go there and I teach a few improv workshops a year, just as like a little bit of side stuff, just, you know, yeah. um, and I was there just doing those for that week. And, uh, I've got the call on the Tuesday and I had to go back in on the Wednesday and Thursday and stuff. And I knew that Zach was around. Um, and at that point my stepdad who is zach's father right. was like death or ill really and like he has mm. since passed away um and oh, sorry, so man. i was just oh no you know he's he's been ill for quite a while um but but yeah so basically i had to i was aware that i didn't want to like be that bad in front of zach because he had enough going mm. on he's got his gcse's coming up and all of this stuff so i actually just weirdly like i just put it on hold for a few days right. and then i went to my dad's house um, just to see him. And my dad's a, a neurologist, a, mm. uh, like a biomedical neurologist. And so he knows about this stuff, which is really useful. But I felt like I could, I absolutely broke down for like three hours, I'd say. I just, I just thought, because you hear MS and you think, well, that's a disability. That's it. I'm, mm. I'm going to be in a wheelchair. I'm going to, you know, you see the, the 
people who get MS and it develops to a very, very serious point. It does happen. Yeah. Um, but it is actually comparatively rare. And so uh, at that time, though, you, you don't see that. You just see the worst possible scenario and you see that mm. um, the burden you're going to become on your family, the uh, lack of work that I'm going to be able to do, like the losing all of any form of you know comedy and stuff mm. like that because it's not a hugely accessible job. Um, although I have sort of since changed my opinion on that, but that's how yeah. the first few days went. And then... I got really like a bit, I've been really pissed off about it at times, like really annoyed because like you said, like I do try and look after myself. I've always tried to be quite healthy and I don't, I don't smoke or drink to excess or like, you know, I try and exercise and eat well. And I was like, what the fuck was, what was the point of that? Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, like you see people who, you know, and like I got really annoyed and then you think, well, that's not fair, is it? Like, you know, people live the life they want to live and I wanted to live a healthier life. That's fine. But um, yeah, I got really annoyed about that for a while. And then yeah sort of as i've come to terms with it it's just sort of more and more become okay so how do i just live my best existence mm. with ms do you know what i mean yeah so well, it must it was lucky that you were looking after yourself by the sounds of it you know yeah it gives, sort of gives you a head start on it if you will that's absolutely right yeah because like then when you start looking at the science and stuff and and also fuck me like the nhs i know that they've been in the in the news a lot recently but i just had a slight head start on my love for them because they are just phenomenal i've got mm. i've never i've never felt so incredibly looked after like they i've got uh, five nurses and two neurologists all of whom respond to me within two days if i've got something wrong with me um i've got like two community nurses and three medication nurses and they've just very quickly become a huge part of my life like these people who were strangers mm. you know six months ago um so but yeah one of my nurses sort of said when we were talking about you know, the science of it, there are things you can do to slow the progress of the disease. You can't stop it, but you can slow it down. Mm. And um, one of the things is, is keeping fit and like active. Um, and she, she said exactly that. She was like, yeah, you've got a bit of a head start on that, which is good. Excellent. So. I tell you what, it's this, the, it blows my mind. I've, I've recently found out what it takes to become a nurse, how much it, it costs to become a nurse. And it, one, it shouldn't cost anything. It's mental that you have to pay for that. Yeah. And two, the fact that they're not respected, like this thing now, they're, they're like they're being charged again for parking, and they're getting, yeah, I saw this. You're like fucking hell, man. If you become a nurse, you should get everything. You should you shouldn't have to worry about anything. You're doing an incredible job taking yep. care of people, taking care of us, and yet there's no respect. And yet, you know, again, and there's always that. There's always that. You know, they're 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 sort of like, you know, footballers get this, that, and the other, and it's all that. But it's just. It blows they're, my mind, man. Blows yeah, they're mind. taking the piss out of because I think because it's a passion. Like you have to be a certain sort of person to be a nurse. You have to be mm. caring and loving, and warm and compassionate. And you are those things regardless of whether you're getting paid or not. Yeah. And like, so they get so they get the piss taken out of them because they will always be compassionate and caring and, and loving. And so therefore, the people go, well, they'll do it anyway, won't they? Like people in power, yeah. they'll do it anyway. We don't have exactly. to pay them, which is such bullshit. It's just insane. No, no. Well, it's like when when Boris was here, when Boris was going on about how great they were and this, that, and the other. And he just knew. He just fucking knew he was never gonna do anything like to to look after. We're never gonna be like, do you know what? I changed my my stance on this. I think you know we should invest this and do that. And he and he's just turned around and just fucked it off yeah. because they because those people are just they're they're more worried about staying in power and backing the people that want to privatize the NHS and you know it's all about the money and it really sickens me you know yeah well the um 
like obviously the election came last year, like the, the general election came just after my diagnosis. And I was really concerned about the NHS, obviously, because I've always, of course, been pro NHS, but it puts a bit of a finer point on it when you're suddenly know that you're going to be reliant on it forever, like every mm. month. So I go into the hospital every single month and have have drugs. So I I, I have like a I'm an infusion. It's called Tysabri. It's um it's quite a serious drug. It's like on the, the top end of the MS drugs. Um, wow. And in America, it's $7,000 an infusion. Fucking hell. Like what, I couldn't even afford said- one. What are you supposed to do? You're just supposed to be just ill. Because yeah. I know, because like someone else was saying about this, they were going, yeah, but they'll just bring in health insurance. And then, it, but, they, but they, I, they, the amount of times I've heard stories where they go, well, yeah, your insurance doesn't cover it. You're like, what the fuck? What, what, yeah. you know, what are you paying for then? It's, it's yeah. insane. I use the, um, like the MS Society has been amazing. Like it's such a, such a great resource. And uh, there's a, fo- they've got like a forum on there of like people from around the world, but ma- predominantly England, but around the world sort of talking about, you know, every, every element of it. It's both, it's sort of like, you know, carers and it's also uh, people with MS and people who are newly diagnosed, like the whole spectrum. But there are sometimes people with MS from America who come on and often like the more effective treatments because there's about 10 drugs you can have for ms now where 10 years ago there were well 12 years ago there were none so like it's really really developing um but the more effective ones are obviously the more expensive ones and quite a lot of people with ms in america their insurance just won't pay for it mad so and you can't get insurance once you have a lifelong condition so i couldn't get insurance anymore which is just like well uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you supposed to? Yeah, exactly. What are you supposed to do? Just walk into the sea. It's yeah. You know it, this this world we live in, where well, I've said this before. I mean, the world is run by five old white, white racist yeah. pedophiles. So <laughs> until they get out of the way, we're all a bit fucked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, how well? You know, I know it's not great, but at least you're here. Yeah. Is, yeah. No. Absolutely. And like, and you know what? It's it's fast become. Like I'm really pleased with how quickly I've come to terms with it and how quickly I'm mm. happy with it. Like also, like it started to be quite a lot of fun because like like if if my girlfriend's ever around or whatever, and like obviously I'm I, I mean you know everyone who knows me I'm fully fit I'm completely mm. capable, but it is fun to be able to to use it sometimes. Like sometimes my girlfriend will be like, oh Robin, could you you know make us a cup of tea? And without fail, every single time it's a bit. She absolutely loves this bit. I just fall over. <laughs> and stay there <laughs> and and she'll be like what are you doing i'll be like babe my ms is flared up real bad just then when you ask that tea it's <laughs> so, you know what? i'm really looking forward to when it actually does flare up and she just <laughs> she just leaves you on the floor <laughs> she'll just go whoa you've called wolf once too yeah. often yeah that's i'll make true. my own tea as she stands on you to reach the kettle <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah but are there but are there so i suppose you don't know you don't know how badly you'll be affected, I guess. No, or, this is like you say, it affects it, everyone differently. Yeah, it's the worst. It is the worst thing about MS. Like you can't plan for anything. So um, there are three. There are three types of MS. There's um, this a type called primary progressive, which is uh, often. And th- whenever you talk about MS, whenever you say like often or normally, there's uh, like there's always exceptions to the rules. It's never 100% true, but often mm. uh, primary progressive MS is, is diagnosed in older people and often it tends to be a more aggressive form of the disease. Right. Um, I have a type called relapse and remitting, which 85% of people who get diagnosed get. And then after about 10 to 15 years, if left untreated, it will normally about 90% of the time develop into a type called secondary progressive. And basically my type is characterized by these attacks I was saying. Uh, but once you reach secondary progressive, it stops being attacks and it just starts to be a steady downhill slope. So you will just get steadily more um, mm. uh, disabled. They, And unfortunately they don't know, there's no uh, indicators. There's no things you can do to find out how bad you'll be in 10 years time, 15 years, 20 years. Um, you just have to hope and 
live as healthily as you possibly can mm. um and there's various things they sort of recommend like the one thing they can say is they're like if you smoke stop smoking it will make right. it worse um which i didn't so that's that's okay they they also sort of suggest that you eat less saturated fats so like i eat no red meat anymore which again mm. it doesn't really bother me whatever you can have chicken um but yeah it does it that's a worry like the worry is is that in so i'm 28 now so in 10 years time i could either be exactly the same completely mobile or mm. i could be completely paralyzed like that's entirely possible oh it's, it's unlikely but it is it's entirely possible yeah. um i suppose you like you say you're because well, it's lucky you've got that mindset of you're you, you know you're quite you, you see I, I mean i don't know you that well but you seem to me to be very sort of glass half full which is which is nice yeah i, I try I, I certainly try to be you know i think mm. i think you've got to be really like when you're when you're dealt an illness like a and i can't speak for people who have illnesses which are sort of like you know like cancers and things like that which are very 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 serious but hopefully curable and if not curable then fatal which is a horrible position to be in mm. um with ms like you you get it and it's like okay so i have two options either i do it and i just live my life and try and do it well or mm. i die like i stop and yeah. like that's not an option really is it so no that that was it, it it feel it felt like and my dad was really good at this like he was sort of like you haven't got an option like right now you're absolutely right to feel sad and worried mm. and scared but you haven't got an option no you, you have to just live through this and crack on um and it was really good advice, really, like, because he's right, you do. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's, it would be, I mean, you know, it would be so easy and no, and no disrespect to anyone that's listening and, and, and has done this, when just to go, fuck, and just let the let the depression engulf you. you know? Absolutely, just, yeah. It's, yeah, I totally get it. And people, people with MS are sort of statistically and, you know, there are figures you can find which are sort of, people with MS are far more likely to suffer with things like anxiety and depression and, um, you know, other mental illnesses because it's just a constant thing. Like mm. there's not a day that goes by where I don't think, oh, cool. I just ran down the stairs really fast there. I might, I, I might not do, be able to do that tomorrow. Um, yeah. My MS could flare and that could be it. I could lose, I could forever use the use of my right leg. It's, it's unlikely. Like all of these things are, you know, you'd have to be quite unfortunate with MS for that to happen, but it is entirely possible. Um, mm. I think my main thing has been like with MS that I want, I want it to be like people to know that it's not an old person's disease where you see mm. people who are really really unwell and it you know people get that and it, as you get older people do get that but it's really you're diagnosed in your late 20s and early 30s nine times out of ten mm. um and yeah it's i think people think of ms as something that's very visible and very um obvious but mm. actually most people with ms have entirely invisible symptoms um so you wouldn't really necessarily know unless they said so yeah yeah, but well, that's what yeah. I, I was really keen to get you on to talk about it because you haven't. It, it, it's yeah, I know of it, and I know people know of it, but I don't know what it must feel like to be diagnosed with something like that, and the uncertainty of now there's an uncertainty to your future, and that yeah, that my that I know for a fact that that would fuck my head up. Yeah, the uncertainty is the hardest thing, hundred percent. Mm. I'm very lucky because I've got just like I mean, I'm sure everybody listening and I, I hope everybody listening and like, you know, has got like a, a support network, people who they can rely on. And I have come to rely on certain people in such an enormous way. And some of the best advice I've received is from my, just from my mates who just sort of, they just see you through. And it, 
it separates out your friends a little bit. Like you have moments in your life, I think, where you realize that, oh, these are, these are friends of mine, but these are good time friends. Like these are friends who I'll go to the pub with and have a real good laugh with. And then you get a small group of like, you know, 10, 15 friends who are like, these are, these are the people who I will be with for the rest of my life because of the way that they've dealt with this, this incident. Um, yeah. It, it, me- it means you, you end up like loving people way harder because of how much they've done for you in your time of, of real, real need. It's not just, um, you're really lucky to have a, to have good people around you, mate. That's, you know, yeah, I am really lucky. Yeah. And, and I don't, I, God knows what I would have done. Like if I didn't, if I was in a position without that, I, Mm. it would have made the whole process way harder. Um, and people choose yeah. to deal with getting diagnosed with something like MS in, in different ways. A lot, Some people don't want to talk about it and don't want to go public with it and want to keep it to themselves, which I completely respect. Like I think mm. live it, it's your disease, do what you want with it. Yeah. Um, the way that I felt I could best deal with it for myself is to talk about it to my friends. And then moving into it, I was like, the best way I can help other people with MS is being like a, a comic and out on you know stage and stuff. Like I'm quite good at talking. And so I was like, it makes sense to to try and shed a bit of light on it because some people won't want to or be able mm. to do that. So I just felt like that would be a good way for me to help a little bit, you know, the community yeah, oh, and stuff absolutely. like that. Yeah, that's so. brilliant. It's, it's again, and again, that's why having you on because I, I don't know, I don't know anything about it. I know other people probably don't know anything about it. Actually talking to someone that's, that's like I say, has literally just been diagnosed. And so you're still, you've, you've just sort of in the process of dealing with it mentally. Yeah. And, and, and like you say, you've had, it's funny, isn't it? That you, you have, you've been sort of plunged into it, but you've had to sit and think about it because there hasn't been any choice. That's, that's, yeah. quite a, that's quite a good, that's quite a good thing. The positive thing that's come out of this lockdown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that again, I sort of try and focus on that and be like, mm. this that's a that's a good thing. It's it's been a horrible couple of months, and like obviously there's so much stress and, and anxiety surrounding. I mean, and also not just lockdown stuff, but the world in general feels mm. a pretty bleak place right now. Um, and it feels like we need to. There's so much that needs fixing urgently. Um, yeah. and so like when I get a bit overwhelmed and I'm feeling like, oh, this is everything is shit. Like everything that seems so obvious to me. And everybody who I know, um, like ha- ha- whenever that starts to get a bit overwhelming, I sort of try and think like, cool, well, the positives for at the moment, though, what have I got that's positive? And mm. this sort of coming to terms with this disease has been has been it, really. Well, I had sort of like loads of different shielding advice. I don't know. If, obviously, I think I heard on another episode that you were chatting about Jade's had some because Jade's asthmatic. Is that right? Yes. So has she had like shielding advice and stuff like that? We just as soon as we heard what was going on, Jade just hid herself away. Yeah. Um, and and that was before lockdown was even talked about. It was just, you know, the, the, the guidelines were, if you can avoid it, don't go out, keep away from everybody. And then, so she straight away just went into into lockdown mode before it had gone on. So, um, yeah, and then we did, and that's what we did. And then when they yeah. announced the lockdown, it was like, oh, good, we did the right thing, you know. Absolutely. You yeah. Know, that, uh, yeah, so... So I suppose, yeah, you'd be more vulnerable. Well, this is it. Like I've had, uh, so since lockdown, I've had six letters each saying different things. So like I had a shielding letter and then I had an ignore that shielding letter. And then I got a letter from the council saying you're a vulnerable stay at home. I've had so many different bits of advice. And so I ended up going to my nurse who is absolutely amazing. Her name's Anna and she's uh, she's just been brilliant. She's like 
yeah, she's like a, she feels like a mum now. And uh, and I was like, Anna, what's all this? And I like, took all the paperwork in, and she just took it all and just put it all in the bin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was like, don't worry about yes, that. Anna, be fine. Yes. Yeah, Anna's sick. Um, and yeah, she was like, don't worry about that. Like the, the thing about MS is like, because it's such a spectrum condition and people can be so seriously affected, there are people with MS who would be very, very seriously vulnerable to it. Mm. I'm just not there yet. Um, so I, I guess I understand why they sent the letters because better to be safe than sorry. But um, yeah. it didn't help the it didn't help the certainty. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny though, and I'm glad Anna was around. What a legend! Just like She's give, me, give me that. Yeah. Um, so Anna, if you're listening, well fucking done. So also she did another another funny thing when I went for an infusion at like mid lockdown. Obviously we were doing the NHS clap and that was really really good. Um, and I went my infusions are actually Friday morning, so I went in straight after the NHS clap on the Thursday. Friday morning I went in. And uh, I I walked in and I was wearing jeans for the first time throughout yeah. the whole lockdown. And I went, guys, listen, I, I think it's really good that we're clapping for you. But I sort of pointed at my jeans and, and they all clapped. But then what <laughs> happened as I as I left, as I left the whole ward, all of the nurses stuck their head out and, and gave me a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> and basically Anna had gone and told them to do it. <laughs> He's wearing jeans. Yay! Yeah. Like, I don't want to say I'm a hero, guys, but... Listen, Listen, I wasn't in my pajamas, so <laughs> not all wear, not all heroes wear capes. Sometimes exactly. they wear, sometimes they wear jeans. Yeah, exactly. No. And mate, listen, I put on some weight in this lockdown, so they were tight. It was not comfortable. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, do you know what? At the beginning of the lockdown, so halfway through, I was trying on some stuff that I hadn't I hadn't worn for a while. And I'm like, oh, actually, I'm getting into this. And then because of that, I just think I think I went mental. And just, <laughs> just blew all my hard work. I just just got stuck in. Um, I do you know what you're right about the world being a bit fucked. It does feel like someone's pulled the the thread, and it's now unraveling. You know, now everything we're all and, and what's worse is it we're we're arguing with each other. Everyone's fighting. It used to be that you could you, know, you, you have a disagreement, but it 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 seems to be quite totalitarian on both sides yeah you know what i mean everyone's I was thinking, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like, no one's really no one's prepared to sort of debate anything it's like right we on the left the right so you need to listen to us we're the ones and then everyone on the right going no we're right and you should listen to us and then, yeah but no one nothing's happening it's all just shouting and hollering and it yeah just doesn't get and, anywhere. And, and then and then like I, i've been reading stuff i've been trying to get the trouble is is that there's so much going on that i want to be informed about it before i before I have opinions, right? Obviously, everyone's mm. got opinions. And certainly people I hang around with support things like the Black Lives Matter movement and trans yeah. rights and things like that. However, I don't claim to be educated enough in those in those arenas. I need to know more before I can fully articulate my arguments to people. So I don't get involved. I'm like, I'm not gonna, mm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna if somebody tweets something that I disagree with, I'm not gonna get involved because I don't know enough. And I I would be worried about that. Obviously, if it's like things like be anti-racist that that feels like something you can do that feels like mm. yes i will start that straight away if i hear it if i am around it then that's something you can say guys that's not acceptable like my yeah. family i don't know i don't know if you've got this rich but like my family are like they're not racist at all but some of the older members of my family say things that are mm. accidentally completely <laughs> accidentally and like particularly my nan for instance like she's all she's forever saying things that you're like nan what you've just said is completely unacceptable and then you explain to her why it's unacceptable and she goes oh you're right i hadn't thought of it that way and and you yeah. go cool. Well, that's that's the job, isn't it? That's the thing you should be doing. Yes, um, but it's funny, but it's yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, the older generation because they're used to saying certain words, and you know, yeah. you have to kind of go, yeah, you can't. I, mean, I, I remember my nan. My nan, she's a lovely lady, very open minded, not racist at all. But every but the terminology she would use would be wrong. Like I remember she said, you know, coloured, yeah. coloured people, and you go, hey, nan, you got to, you know, and but it. 
but it's out. I remember being outside and there was someone, there was someone being a cunt on a train. Really? And I just said, and I sort of said, I went, wait, you know, pack it in. And then, but no one, everyone was so scared. No one was. Yeah. And I just suddenly felt like, oh shit, I'm going to get my head kicked in here. But yeah. It, well, I've, I've never seen it. it. I don't think I, like I've, I, I've, and I mean, that's it, isn't it? That's the fortunate, that's why I'm more fortunate than most, than a lot of people in the country is because I have never experienced this. I don't think I've ever seen it in real life. Yeah, I've well, seen a like, yeah. like I've got a a friend of one of my really close mates is a, is a gay chap and I've seen him get stuff thrown at him and like got involved when that's happened. Um, yeah. Sort of like, you know, insults and things like that. Cause it was at pride actually. And it's like, well, don't, why are you insulting somebody at pride of, of all places? Like at pride. Yeah. At pride. It was, it was ridiculous, but like, I, I don't know. I guess I <laughs> think very things fortunate. At him, things at him Cause he was gay at pride. At Pride, yeah. So, like, <laughs> it was utterly mental. I mean, like, we were sort of, like, on the way to, but we were part of, like, the big... Like, yeah, we were part, We were obviously going to Pride because it was Pride. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Utterly ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I guess, like... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're looking for a sponsor to help get this brilliant conversation to an even bigger audience. Sponsoring the show, as well as a promotional trailer, means that your message and our message will be inserted into some of Acast's biggest podcast titles. Get on board and partner with Insane in the Membrane. Go to pauldaniels.tv for more information. The thing that I'm struggling with at the moment, mainly, is 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 the... It, it's been everywhere in the last couple of days, is this cancel culture thing. Like, what do you... Mm. How do you... How does that... I don't know. I yeah. Again, it's that. Yeah, yeah. It's. I know people. You know, once you once you publish something, you know, you're you. you that's it. Then it, 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 like this J.K. Rowling thing. Everyone's like cancellor, mm. cancellor, cancellor. It's like, but there's a. She's entitled to her opinion. Be it right, be it wrong, and it's an opinion. And and opinions are neither right or wrong. They're opinions. Um, but we are. There's no. We're, no one's. No one's discussing anything. It's all like I just said earlier. It's like. Yeah. 
you say the wrong thing, that's it. You've got to lose your entire life. You have to be you have to be completely wiped out from the face of the earth. You know what I mean? And it and it's yeah. like sometimes people, you know, they say they like you, it goes back to being uneducated or not uneducated, but ill-informed. Let's say that. That's and, that's and the you, word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, ill-informed. And you say the wrong thing because you because that's where you're at at that time. But instead of people going, actually, mate, if you have, have a read of this, read this, and then and then see how you feel. And nine times out of ten, you'll go, oh shit, yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, you're exactly. right. Yeah, you're right. Or yeah. or they'll or they'll go. No, I still stand by. There's no room for debate or discussion. It's just which, which is scary, right? Like that's I, I find yeah, that terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like I don't agree. Like like for instance, the, the J.K. Rowling is a great example. I, I don't mm. agree with what she said. I think no. that like full stop. Like and I and I find it difficult to articulate that because I'm like mm. I haven't got an intelligent argument to back it up. My my argument is just if you're trans, if you're a trans woman, you're a you're a woman. That's it. It doesn't. Mm. It's not. But. I find cancelling somebody like that, just refusing to engage with it, is yeah. I, I worry that that's going to lead to an ed, like to a, a, a generation of people who may be a bit younger than me who just won't argue, they won't debate, and mm. therefore nobody is going to change their opinions. Nobody's going to yeah. learn to be better. Um, like yeah. imagine, you know, imagine if some of the more you know the, the prominent civil rights movements and all the stuff that happened, you know, years ago. Imagine if they'd just been cancelled. Yeah. Then that would never have happened, and I think that that's so problematic uh, and you're and right as well and you're right back then it would have been people you know not what like people still believing in segregation and people believe, still believing that being uh being gay should be illegal you know and, that, yeah. and and they were in the majority back then those people so yeah if, if this had been happening now yeah you're right segregation yeah. would have continued you know being, then, being gay would have been still been illegal it, it's, yeah it's, it's yeah it's but then in comedy, obviously, we're, we're, we're our bubble, and I'm sure yours is the same. I've just got this, this beautiful, lovely left bubble where everybody's, <laughs> yeah. like, nobody's, nobody's homophobic, nobody's transphobic, nobody's racist, nobody's sexist, and everyone actively tries to be better on things. Like if you're, if you're shit at something and you don't quite know enough, everybody is trying to learn more, and that's brilliant. But that means that I end up going, well, it's fine, isn't it? The world's like this. <laughs> yeah, I think all you can do, I think all you can do is, because social media only goes so far, you know, it's, especially Twitter seems to be a lot of uh, virtue signaling and, you know, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And you're like, yeah, well, that's good that you're doing those things, but you've got to do them in real life. So yes, absolutely. You've got to go, you've got to go on the marches and you've got yep. to go to pride and you've got to, and you've got to be decent to the people around you, regardless of the color of their skin or their sexual um, orientation just be decent and do your yeah. bit that's that you need to physically do things you know and listen like, as well know. i think like and listening listen, yes like we, me and you like we're both white straight men like it's, we're, now's we're the time. illegal mate <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it just it's the time where people like like us just need to listen like uh, i've got you know black friends who say well this is how it is for me and I, i'm not mm. in a position to go yeah but is it if they're saying that's how it is for them if they're saying that's their experience of the world then that's their experience of the world yeah. i need to listen to that and get better at noticing when those things are happening, acknowledging yeah. my situation that isn't like that and therefore trying to equal the, like the, the playing field a little bit, you know? Mm, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean about the social media stuff, though. I find it just, it's just uniquely stressful, isn't it? The social media, I hate it. Like, I was listening to a, your yeah. episode with Pierre a while ago, actually, and, oh, you know, yeah. the thing you were talking about, about don't, <laughs> don't get up and look at your phone straight away. I was like, do you know what, Rich? You're <laughs> bloody right, mate. And I... It's true. I've stopped since then. I've, I've charged my phone in a different room. Like I've just not having it. It's stressing me I, too much. I, I promise you, if you just get up in the morning and make yourself a cup of tea or a coffee before you do anything else, or 
when I had, a, I had a personal trainer for a bit and his advice was get up in the morning, you drink a pint of water with some lemon squeezed into it and you don't even have to go, for, don't even run. You can just go for a fast walk for half an hour, 20 minutes. He said, and that, that will set you up for the day. You know, it's, yeah. it, you know, regardless of the weather, don't look out the window and go, oh, it's pissing down. Just go and yeah. then come back. And then you can, well, in, then you can get involved with the arguments. Yeah. <laughs> the exercise, I mean, like, all right, just, mm. it just saved, like, I completely saved my, uh, my, my mental state through lockdown. And it's, you know, it also coupled with the MS stuff, it's like, uh, this is my body. I'm fucking, I'll have it. I'll do what I want with yeah. it. Thanks so much. And like, if my legs feel a bit weak or I'm feeling a bit shaky, then fuck off. I've got, mm. <laughs> I've got a run to yeah. do. Um, so yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's that sounds like a a wise a wise guru that you. Have. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I don't. I I do. I'm trying to, but I don't follow my own advice nearly enough. You know, I've got all the answers. Like, oh yeah, go and do that and go and do that. But I've I, I struggled to do any anything, especially now. You kind of like, you know, the 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 dark clouds ascend now and again, and you just get crushed. You know, because mm-hmm. of what everything's going on, and not just because of the lockdown, but because you know, you look at, like, say, you look at the the proportion of like when I see like Black Lives Matter, and then I see some prick going, "Your lives matter." You go, "Yeah, but you're not going to get killed if you go for a run." That's, exactly. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about privilege, and it breaks my heart when you just the stories that are coming out and still continue to come out of people getting killed because they're trans, because they're black, because they're gay. Like what the fuck is I just, wrong with I just people? don't exactly. And like, I don't understand how you can, anybody, any reasonable minded person can argue that. Like that's, that's just a fact that happens. Yeah. And so you can't go, oh yeah, yeah, but no, there's no, no. But. like I saw an amazing tweet, which is, which was, uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted and all it said was, um, Black people are out on the streets saying, please don't kill us. And there are still people saying, but, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's, it's mad. That's, that's, oh, oh. man, yeah. And it just goes to show people just don't get it. They just don't understand what this means. Like, you know, I, I, when Quincy was on uh, last year on the, on the podcast yeah. and we were talking about it then, you know, the fact, and he told a story about being, you know, driving his, his son to Saturday school and they got, they got pulled over because he was in a flash car, with dreads and it meant that they didn't go to Saturday school. It just went home. And you're like, yeah, that would never happen to me. It would no. never happen in a million years. I can drive my car after 10 PM at night, unmolested. I can, I yeah. can, I can be in any area I please and nobody will bat an eyelid. And yeah. that, and that's the difference, isn't it? And that's, and that's where we can make changes. Like you say, we have to listen and we have to do our bit. You know, and yeah, and bring it up when you see yeah. it. If if you do yeah, see it, yeah, yeah, bring yeah. it up. Like, don't. I was in a I was in a work meeting a, a while ago. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but there was uh, there was a it was one of those classic comedy things where also bearing in mind that I'm in a four man male group, right? Mm-hmm. So when you put us on a bill, there is a there is a sway, right? We have no women in our group because <laughs> we don't, you know, we don't want to be on TV anyway. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, ba- basically what happened was uh, we were doing a we were doing a thing where we wanted voices. And we needed a, basically there was one woman in the group and she was, they were saying to her, who, who do you think should be in this particular section? She said completely correctly. She was like, well, to be honest, I think I should be in every single one of them because I think at least 50% of these voices should be, should be female. Mm. And, and all of us straight away were like, yeah, absolutely. They're absolutely right about that. That's exactly what we need to be doing. Um, frankly, can we get some more uh, women on this project and mm. the response of the producer was oh there's just no budget for it and in our heads we're like <laughs> guys 
come on <laughs> and the reason the reason they've hired the noise next door if they have got a low budget is because you get four for the price of one yeah. um, but like it it's not acceptable that's not an acceptable no. reason make the budget for it there's there's got that's it if there's no yeah, budget for yeah. it don't make the project unless you can make it diverse and make it exactly. um you know but they talk about well, they talk about diversity and then but then you look behind the scenes and that's where real diversity needs to be happening it's not it's it's all very well saying oh we need to get black people into this project and we need more black people for this project and you're like yeah but these are all white people saying all this sort of thing yeah. in it and now you're getting and now you're getting white people going yeah we need more diversity but what they're doing they're, they're more worried about their own jobs you know, more, no one's, do you know what I mean? No, no one's kind yeah. of going where we need, we need more diversity. I tell you what, I'll step aside for a bit and just, yeah. and let it, 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 the system, it's always comes back to the system. Yeah. What are you saying that I read um, in, in the sort of uh, George Floyd aftermath, I, I committed, I was like, well, I'm going to learn some stuff. So I've read, mm. I've read some books as many as I, as I can. I'm sort of still trying to do more, but I read um, uh, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race by Rennie Edo Lodge. Yes. And there was, there was a section in there about, it's called fear of a black planet. And it's this idea that there is within certain sections of white society, there's just this fear that by providing equal opportunities, we will end up in the position that, that white people have systematically put black people into for so many years. Yeah. And it, it's basically a nonsense argument of yeah, a reason why you can't do that. Why, why, oh, no, we can't, we can't make sure it's diverse because people are scared. It's nonsense. Don't be stupid. Like the more mm. diverse and, and brilliant the culture is, then the more jobs there'll be for everybody and the more opportunities there'll be for everybody because everybody will flourish. Exactly. Um, but yeah. yeah. Well, people but yeah, just I, be- yeah, go on. I was just gonna say I don't know enough about it. This is this is my no. and this is I need to get better. I need to learn more. Um, and so I guess anyone Ooh, listening, if anyone's yeah. got any any recommendations, <laughs> please get in touch. I'd love to. I would really like to learn more <laughs> for, for both of us. Like yeah, say, yeah. We're, yeah. We're two straight white dudes. We are. Yeah, we're always. Yeah, but we are. You know, we we we're doing our we're doing what we can. And it, what what people don't understand is that equality means as well as, not instead of. And exactly. I know I've said that before. And that's what, yeah, you, like you say, it's fear, isn't it? It all comes back to fear. And every, I mean, every single, every single group that's ever been oppressed in, in any way, that then, that that oppression then stops, it only ever leads to positivity. Like, so you look at, in the feminist movement, like, I'm not saying that it's equal footing between men and women at the moment, but like, for instance, just even looking at women getting the vote, that's obviously led to positivity. Every single time you do things that an oppressed group stops being as oppressed, it leads to better life for everybody. Mm. And I don't know. It's just no. It's true. It's absolutely true. It's that, and and women women make the world a better place. I mean, they oh. are. I'm not saying that sounds patronising to say it that way, but women always they just bring a they just bring a touch that you know men just don't have. Men are men are sort of like blunt instruments, whereas women have a bit more seem to be a bit more. Yeah. They have a bit more subtlety about them and a bit more, they're able to sort of figure things out, whereas men just like want to smash it or fuck it. Or eat it. <laughs> the big three, the smash the fuck eat three, trilogy. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you mean. The trilogy, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be my next three Edinburgh shows. <laughs> smash it, fuck it, eat it. Yeah, but I want all the jokes to be about the same things uh, over those three separate years. Uh, yeah. I'll direct it, good. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. Uh, I, think, I think, yeah, we just need to talk to each other a bit more rather than shouting yeah, and man. screaming at each other. And... That's it. Well, because I was, I, was, I was raised by my mum. Like, I, I lived in a single-parent family for, oh, for years right. and years and years. And so, like, the idea that women aren't... Like, I saw my mum choose to feed me rather than eat 
when we were growing up, uh, mm. when I was growing up. I like seeing that strength, that fortitude in somebody. And then the fact that she's a woman was was never like the fact that she's a woman and I'm a man never played into my mind at all until I reached sort of no. my teenage years and was became aware that that's a thing. Like you just, I just saw this incredibly strong human being providing for her son. And like, you know, you learn about the economic hardships and all that stuff when you get older and you sort of, and I found out what my mum was doing when I was a teenager. And you think, fuck me, I didn't even know. I was seven years old and I was just la 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 playing football out on the, mm. you know, my mum was, one 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 Christmas, our boiler fell through the ceiling, completely fell oh, through. Like, hell. yeah, two, day, two days before Christmas. And we lived in a little council estate um, in, in Essex and it fell, fell through, the, through the ceiling. And my mum spent ages building Santa Claus legs to put out of this, out of this hole in the ceiling. Oh, so that I wouldn't mate. notice that it was freezing cold, <laughs> but oh, I, I just thought, oh, Santa goes there. And like, so to hear this argument that women are in any way inferior to men just boils my blood because the mm. strongest people I know, all of them are all women. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, listen, so no. I would, I've said this before many times. I wouldn't be who I am without the women that have been in my life. I have been, I have been, I'm been very, quite, I've been quite difficult to live with because I haven't sort of dealt with my own shit. And, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got a selfish streak in me that is really, I combat mm. all the time It's in a relationship. And, and all, every woman I've ever been out with has gone, look, you know what? You're a decent dude. Why are you being such a prick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it took, it took women to point that out to me, to turn around you- and go, because they didn't just write me off and go, you're a cunt. Fuck off, mate. Yeah, yeah. They went, you're being a cunt. What's going on? Yeah. You know, do you find that, that 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 advice has helped you sort of like you're aware that that's a thing that you now do, and so you can sort of mm. try to counteract it if you if you see that within yourself? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I remember being with with my ex uh, Marilyn. She's you know she I wouldn't have even been in comedy if it wasn't for her. She was mm-hmm. she's a fantastic woman. But I remember she used to say to me, she she's quite self centered. And I always go, no, I'm not. I do loads for people. <laughs> but, yeah. she, but she didn't mean selfish. She means sometimes you sort of like think about yourself rather than, you know, other people. And I'm, and it, it was only till later on when we split up, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I get what she meant now. You know, yeah. it's, and again, yeah. so that's it. And like you say, with your mum and everybody, that we wouldn't be who we are without the women that have been in our lives. And, you know, yeah. I don't know why. Well, I do actually. I think I think men try to oppress women all the time because, they're, like, again, they're scared. It's that fear, they, isn't it? Losing power, isn't it? Yeah. Which is, again, it's, it's that, that fear that just uh, ruins everything. It ruins any form of like progress that you can make. The fear that somehow by giving something away, you're making your lot worse. That It's just mm. not true. It's, it's, and, and do you know what? Sometimes temporarily it is. Like at the moment, I suppose, for if you look at white men in comedy as an example, um, things like panel shows, right? There are less jobs available for white men in comedy. And that's mm. right. There should be less jobs available for white men in comedy because for 30 years, we had way too many jobs. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah exactly. Now, yeah. now we've just got the right amount of jobs. I <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, Mad, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. And I just I just don't see that as an argument where I, I would ever have a problem. Um, yeah. No. No, that, that's it. You have to, yeah, you have to... This is all part of the process, isn't it? It's how we do. This is this is an example of how we do our bit. Is recognizing that and going, no, you're absolutely right. I, you know, we don't need to be doing everything. We, there needs to be more. It just makes even. Even I've said this again. I know I say I've said this before loads of times, <laughs> but I'm always I'm just worried that people are going to hear it and just go, oh fucking hell, he's always repeating himself. Again, he but always I th- says that. But I think I say I've said this before more than Smash I it, actually say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have said that before. Smash <laughs> it, fuck it, eat it. I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. That's where I'm merch. 
Like, you're damn, I'm feeling sexy. I'm going to do it. Smash it, eat it, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry, um, mate, what were you going to say? But yeah, we have to, I think, like you say, we, we this is how we do our bit, isn't it? That learning and just recognising that we've had it good for a long time. And yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but, but uh, that's what I was going to say. We need, uh, especially especially British people, we need a little bit of cultural appropriation. Not, not I don't mean it in that literal sense, but we need a bit of a mashup, other influences from other places. Because imagine if we didn't, the, oh. everything we eat would be boiled. We would, yep. it would just be fucking boring. It would be some so of the bo- best bits of this country are the bits that are amazingly culturally diverse. It's 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 incredible. Yeah. Some of the and and where that works, and it should work always, but where it does work really really well, parts of London, uh, it, it's just amazing. I love it. Like you walk in around mm. and there, you can see supermarkets from five different cultures, yeah. all from where you're standing, and I think that's incredible. Like yeah, I'm gonna go in, today. I'm gonna have something from this uh, Lebanese shop. Sure, I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna try my best. <laughs> I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. It just makes life richer. I, I grew up in Egypt for uh, quite a bit of my childhood, oh, and wow. you sort of get so yeah what basically my mum uh once we were past the, the period of time where my, we lived in that particular council house my mum married mm. um a guy uh, my stepdad who had a, a really really good job and so he uh was traveling internationally for work and so we went and lived with him for a bit because why not and i lived in alexandria wow. and it gives you sort of like a just a, an understanding of like christ this is this is great here this is amazing it's so different like you know you get off of a off the plane or whatever and you can't even read the road signs because it's not even in your alphabet Mm. and it gives you a real understanding of this is this is england and the uk is such a small part of the world there's so much more out there and it's all got incredible things to offer um and i want to see more of it and that's why i love those parts of london where you can experience different culture within the uk i think it's fantastic oh it's brilliant absolutely that must have been quite like you've just said that was quite the the leap from your your boiler disappearing through your ceiling to yeah and in my head, Egypt. it must have happened. Like it must have happened in a period of years. But in my head, it was overnight. Like I really remember, like the day before we left for Egypt, I slept on the floor of the new house that my mum and my my stepdad had bought. That was the first house. Like I don't think we owned the previous house, but you know, mm. I slept on the floor of it, and I remember being like, "This place is just amazing." This, and it's just a normal house. It was just like yeah. a, a a normal person's three bedroom house. Um, but it was just, I remember being like, this place is incredible here. This is absolutely amazing. And then the next day I was in Egypt and <laughs> I, I have no, I have no memory of, of that coming to pass. I don't remember no. anything around that. I just remember we had a, a shit house. <laughs> then we had quite a good house for one night. And then I was in Egypt and had a really nice house for a few years. And then I came back to the normal house and now, now life is just normal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. In my head, it was three separate days and it was, you know. You've had um, quite the life by the sounds of it. That's a... <laughs> well, it's, it's been, yeah. been boring, boring since I was in, you know, <laughs> year, year 11. Um, <laughs> but that comedy, you're so lucky when you work in comedy. You get to just do such cool stuff. I love, I love traveling around the country and, and meeting folks. And like, just before lockdown, we did the, uh, you know, the punch drunk gigs up in Blythe and Ashland. Oh, lovely. Yes just Love it feels those gigs. it's amazing isn't it like you feel like that's they've absolutely smashed the feeling of it being like yeah. this is a community a community event like everybody comes out and you get to know everybody and it feels like you're just remember when you were a kid and you used to do i don't know if you ever did this but like shows in your you know your living room parent in your living room in front of your parents <laughs> that sort of thing it just feels like that because you're like these people are all our mates like straight away you walk out on stage uh and I love it. And yeah, like that sort of like community feel that comedy builds is just so unique to comedy. And I love it. I just think it's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'll be, I'm, I'll be looking forward to getting back to it. I mean, we will. You know, this is 
I know it's different now, and and it won't be it won't be as we know it or as we knew it. it but it, it'll it'll rise again. There'll be a way. We'll 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 figure it out. It will. It will. It will. Sure it will. And it's 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 going to be a it's going to be a challenge, and it won't be the same. Um, no. But yeah, I think like you know the fact that a lot of theatres, small like receiving art like houses and art centres and stuff, have got um, this financial package really helps because it means that like if they can stay open they can run nights now it's the comedy clubs that i'm worried yes. about like the, the specific comedy clubs um yeah. Yeah. and like you know it would be such a loss if well if every single comedy club that closes its door is a loss to the people who go to it and i think people underestimate how many people that is like oh god yeah you go to like i don't know you do like a little rural gig in warwick or whatever and you turn up at this village hall and there's 300 people in it you think this is amazing like so every single one of those promoters and those gigs that can't run anymore that's a tragedy but like you said it like like will rise from the ashes and it will yeah we'll find a way we'll find a way and what about you your plans are you just taking it day by day or yeah well so we've got obviously some with the with the noise which is wicked uh it's, mm. i'm so glad they oh good lads I, lo- I love the noise man yeah it's 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 a it's a pleasure i love it they're fast become i've only been part of the group for a couple of years two two and a half years but they've um you know fast become my my best friends in the world really but like you um our plans are we're meant to be touring in october we we, we were touring as this happened and then we stopped that obviously and all of our spring gigs and uh early summer gigs got moved to october now we're meant to be gigging and doing that tour in october and at the moment our sort of strategy is just let's see what venues say the trouble is that nobody really knows um but we're in a very fortunate position in terms of being an improvised comedy group is that we don't have to write anything so if tomorrow a venue calls us and goes hey can you do a show then the answer is yes we can just get in the car and go and do it Mm. so i think what we're sort of thinking is like we'll see how the what the lay of the land is in october in, in august and then take a view for those tour dates and then if we have to push them back into 2021 that's what we'll do yeah. um but i, I guess it, yeah yeah and just like everybody you know the financial situation becomes more and more dire by the by the minute um mm, yeah but oh, there's God. nothing to be done like no that's it that's it that's all you can do it's uh, i i mean i'm looking at going to uni so oh, yeah yeah and then that's I'll great do, man I'll, to do what? Still, uh psychology I've never been to uni before, and I just thought, why not? You know, yeah. so become a mature student at forty-eight. You know, just, <laughs> just see how we go. Just oh, yeah, but you're, you're the best. You're the best dressed forty-eight-year-old going, mate. You'll absolutely <laughs> fit in at university. Oh, bless you. Thank you. But what about you personally? What are your plans now that you know what's going on with your body? Are you just yeah. taking that day by day? Are you just? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm waiting for the for a crash. I think I'm going to have. I'm I'm yet to have so the the attacks are called relapses and I'm yet to okay. have a really serious relapse. Mm. Um, I was chatting when I went for my medication on the first occasion. I was chatting to another lady who was in the room with me. It's like a bit. It's a bit like a chemo ward. I would imagine like uh, there's 15 people sitting around having their drugs. Uh, we all have a natter. It's quite nice. Um, and I was chatting to this lady and, and she was like, oh, how did you know? And so I described my symptoms to her and she was like, oh, okay, so not too too severe then. And I was like, I don't know. Until until that point, I'd never met anybody mm. with MS before. Um, and so I said to her, like, you know, what happened to you when, when you started? And she said that when she, her first relapse, she went blind for three months. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Uh, I've so far been incredibly lucky then. Um, and I've just got to a lot of the MS advice from sort of people who've had it for many many years is just live day by day um don't think about what you can't do and what you won't be able to do think about what you can do 
Brilliant. And right now I can do absolutely everything. Um, and as long as that remains the case, I will keep doing everything. I'm not going to say no to anything. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to, I'm going to gig as much as I can. I'm going to travel. Um, I've got things I want to do with my family, things I want to do with my girlfriend, you know, like I, I want to live that life because in mm. 10 years time, I, I might not be able to. And if in 10 years time, I can't, then I'll turn my hand to something else. Um, I think the biggest worry much, I think it's, this is probably the case with everybody in comedy and indeed every freelancer in the world is like, there is, I have something hanging over me now where I, first of all, I know at some point I won't be as capable as I am now. It's not, that's mm. not a case of like, that's a, that's almost certainly that I will, I will have a problem. And I suppose you worry about like, how will I support myself? How will I support my family? How will I um, earn? And my partner's just been amazing. She's been like, we're, you don't have MS, we have MS. And um, oh, mate. yeah, and uh, and so, you know, if I develop into a point where I'm really, really unwell, um, then we will we will fight it we'll fight together and um yeah i yeah i don't know what i'd have done without without having her around really it's been yeah that's amazing man that's really amazing you're i i'm really pleased that you've got people around you to look after you because i've got to say you're a top dude and Thanks, i was <laughs> genuinely i was gen, gen, genuinely saddened when you when you told me what had gone on so yeah i'm glad i'm glad you you've I'll got tell you what. people around you yeah, that process, because like, obviously you found out, because I've been organizing an MS benefit gig, which um, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, it so. won't be happening. I don't know when it's going now, but it won't It won't be then, I doubt, because Comedia won't be open. Mm. But um, I, the the response of my colleagues, because I don't know, like I've only been in live comedy for a few years in this form, um, but to a person, every single person I, I text or, or, or emailed got back to me immediately saying yes, or saying, I can't do that one, but if you ever do another one, let me know and I will definitely mm. be on the bill. And that the that's the second hardest I've cried uh, oh. since getting MS was just the kindness of everybody. Like, it's not, it, I don't know, the industry, it feels like the industry came together and like, I, I don't know everybody that well, but everybody was like, oh, willing to help. And I, I just made me feel like, I just uh, so touched, so touched that people were willing to help in that way. That's um, lovely. That's so, yeah. And I would, yeah, and go, well, going back to that, if, when, as, if and when it does happen, count me in. I'll be there, man. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, going to have a big party as well. I'm going to have a, I'm, it's going to be yes. called Fuck MS Party. And it's just going to be, we're going to rent out a room <laughs> in a Brighton pub and get on the lash. Uh, you know, people can stay at mine, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I am well up for that. And it sounds, yeah, we'll get you, we'll get, we'll get you blind and incapacitated, ironically. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. If I can't walk home, then it's just a taste of what's to come. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what it'll be like. Brilliant. Yeah. Help yeah. me up, guys. Help me up. <laughs> uh, Robin, this has been lovely. Where can we find you on the socials? Uh, on the socials, my individual stuff is at Orange Next Door uh, for my Twitter. Um, and I've got uh, uh, Instagram as well, which I think is just RJ Hatcher. I'm not 100% certain. But more importantly, you can find The Noise Next Door um, at, at Noise Next Door on everything. Um, and come and see us again when we're out. Go and see Brilliant. everybody. Go, go to live comedy when this is over, guys. We really need it. <laughs> please, please, for the love please. of God. I don't want to beg, but I, I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Absolutely, I will. Um, Robin, thank you so much, mate. This is Pleasure, Rich. Thanks for having me, man. Produced by Paul Daniels at pauldaniels.tv. 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.